You are listening to the Metabolic PCOS Coach Podcast and I am your host Dr. Rashmi Pawar, a gynecologist and a master certified life and weight coach who helps you reverse your PCOS to avoid all the complications associated with it while staying reversed for the rest of your life. Hello my friend and welcome to episode 87 tea or coffee which one is better now if you are not if you are someone who doesn't have any tea or coffee i have so much respect for you <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that i don't have respect for all those who don't who have tea and coffee i mean i am one of them i love it i love tea <laughs> i love coffee there was a time when i used to just like not have tea because i had made an association like actually not an association but i used to get a very bad heartburn with tea um and it was i didn't have the heartburn with coffee so i like slowly slowly transitioned to coffee but then i reintroduced tea and i couldn't have tea on its own because um tea caused me nausea like a lot of nausea especially early in the morning uh whereas if i have coffee coffee didn't cause me any nausea so really like for me once i made that connection okay this food item causes this problem this food item causes this problem i am sort of like sold on like okay i'll avoid it um and then it comes back when i'm healed sort of like our bodies have this healing capacity even the acidity or the gastritis or those who have gastroesophageal reflux disease gerd um it also heals like you know once you stay off the food items which are causing you harm but um if you keep having it along with like if you're not managing your mind and you're smoking and too much stressed and like having late night very big meals so it can worsen anyway so we are not talking about acidity maybe it's a good topic i should make a note of it and we're going to definitely talk about gastroesophageal reflux i'm going to tell you everything that there is about uh gastroesophageal reflux which is basically acidity okay now we are going to talk about tea coffee which one is better now the like if you think about what is common in tea and coffee is the caffeine right um that is one culprit and we are going to specifically talk about caffeine in this episode because i have i think most of my episodes i do cover um sugar um the harmful effects of sugar which go along with tea and coffee uh if you are someone who's having just tea and coffee without sugar you still need to listen to this cuz we're going to talk about caffeine what does caffeine do in pcos how does caffeine worsen pcos now i want to put out a disclaimer i am not a nutritionist i am a doctor and doctors are not so good at nutrition let me tell you we barely studied it we they didn't teach much of it to us um we did study biochemistry in which we understand the macros as in proteins carbs fats and like fiber was not even there when i studied uh, now it's considered apparently a macronutrient but uh, we learned 
a very little about nutrition. We learned a lot about nutritional deficiencies. Uh, we didn't learn a lot about supplements. We learned a lot about treatment medications. So nutritionist, I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm an advocate for reversing PCOS using mindset tools. So take what you like from this and ignore whatever you don't like. So just, I would always like, I need to put this as a disclaimer in every episode. Take what you like, release what you don't like. Just ignore it. Don't think too much about it. Because ultimately I am a mindset coach. And when it comes to mindset, you need to understand one thing. Every human has a mindset. Every human has opinions. Every human judges. So you are judging other humans, other humans are judging you, I'm judging you, you are judging me. This judgment business, we do. It's in our nature. So you can take any of my judgments, like whatever thoughts, th judgments are basically thoughts. So you can take whatever thoughts serve you and those thoughts which don't serve you, let it go. Like quickly, <laughs> don't sit on it too much. Okay. So living with PCOS usually presents unique challenges for all of us, right? Um, and one of the biggest challenges are sugar addiction, the way we eat. Another big challenge is sleep. Are we are really uh, either sleep deprived or we oversleep or there's something happening with our sleep. We are not sleeping well. So there is another challenge now they have found out that caffeine intake can also worsen insulin resistance and it does so by increasing our cortisol levels cortisol is the stress hormone so every time you consume caffeine caffeine is actually a stimulant so it should wake you up right uh, but it also increases your cortisol and that's how probably you wake up <laughs> it's one of the ways you wake up so Caffeine, once you consume caffeine-based foods, your cortisol, your stress hormone increases. Now, that is a problem for PCOS women because that excess stress hormone disrupts sleep. And disrupted sleep in, in turn worsens the stress hormone. So both increased stress hormone, disrupted sleep due to the anxiety and the stimulant effect of caffeine, both can worsen insulin resistance. So they all are connected. So caffeine, however, if you have in moderation, is known to be beneficial. In fact, I know of people who take it just before they go to bed. I, I used to do that. Like after a night shift, I would come home and I would just have like a big breakfast uh, in the morning and then I would have a big mug of coffee and then I would go to sleep. I don't know how, but I would just fall asleep. Like it was one of the best sleeps I could ever have. There was never a problem of not falling asleep because I was so exhausted. So those three, four hours what I slept was like the best sleep ever you could ever imagine because you're sleep deprived and you just like quickly fall asleep. And caffeine did nothing. It didn't do any stimulation at that point because the body was exhausted. The signals were like, the thoughts were like, I'm too tired, I'm exhausted, I'm sleeping. And that ensured that I fall asleep. So that caffeine can have that effect on you as well. But 
if you're having excess of it, that can be toxic. Now, caffeine in moderation, like if, if you're having, and I'm going to talk more about at the end of the, uh, later in the episode about the recommended uh, intake of caffeine. Now, in moderation, it is known to be actually beneficial. There are studies which are done which show that there is improved cognitive function as you're improved, you're alert, you're awake, you're thinking faster. You And if you are someone who has caffeine, you know it. So it has a better uh, effect on our brains and it also reduces the risk of certain liver diseases. The liver functions better with caffeine and even Parkinson's. And I, I read a study about how caffeine was good for diabetes as well. So you know, in moderation is the key. <laughs> so Parkinson's disease, like is also like, like caffeine is known to produce uh, beneficial effects, like it prevents from Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's disease is a neurological condition, it's a brain condition, uh, which can um, cause issues with our movements. So as I said, caffeine is good for the cognition, is good for the brain so that's why it probably prevents from parkinson's now again everything should be in moderation now that moderation what is moderation will be decided by some people who decide okay this number is good enough but then you can also decide that and i'm going to talk more about that later anything which is excess is toxic and i actually learned this in toxicology <laughs> uh, in our second year medicine we study the subject called forensic medicine and toxicology where we deal where we learn poisoning like how poisons act and then i learned about all the possible poisons in the whole world and what it mentioned was like there was always like Everything in a lesser quantity was okay, but when it is excess, it is toxic, it's poisonous. So caffeine in excess can be toxic. So the first step of becoming aware of how much caffeine-based food you're consuming is important. Like one, like you might be having not that much coffee. Like I have two cups of coffee, black coffee every day. And still sometimes my brain would offer, you know what, Rashmi, what would be even better if you have tea? And you know what? You can't have tea because it produces nausea. Have some tea and uh, have some milk and sugar in it. That will make it easy. You will get the caffeine. You will be alert. And who cares about sugar? Sugar, you're okay. That's what my brain does. You're okay. You are, you are at the normal body weight. You don't have any illnesses. You can, you can handle a little bit of sugar. And our liver is capable, actually, of handling a little bit of sugar. Um, but knowing the way we are, we can tip over on the other side because we have insulin resistance. PCOS women, our cells, they have like tasted this insulin resistance and quickly our brain remembers it was a habituated thing and we can, you know, slip into that habit of consuming a lot of sugar. So always be watchful when you're consuming sugar and also be watchful of what is the conversation you're having after consuming it. Are you like being mean to yourself because you had it? Or are you like actually being nice to yourself and saying like, hey, I can handle this much and I'm not going overboard. I know it. I know what going overboard feels. I know what being unconscious is like because you have done the work. Now, that work which I talk about is something which happens in coaching where you actually 
take a particular goal and you ensure that you achieve it like some some of my clients would ensure that goal of going off flour and sugar completely some of my clients would do the work of like taking off coffee completely from their meals and they do that for like three months six months where they are actually understanding what happens in their mind when they take off a substance which they are so dependent on and once you do that work that does not mean that it's done it means that okay you have developed a skill set of um, taking off something which you are emotionally dependent on uh, allowing a lot of feelings which have come up which was suppressed previously by that food item and you just have your brain has learned that skill that doesn't mean that you will not relapse into your old habits you might still but once your brain learns something so intense it doesn't forget and it comes with judgment that you should know you know better you should have done this and that and that again that is another work another layer of work where you practice self compassion for yourself so much that you no longer beat yourself for doing something which you don't approve of so the first step of reducing caffeine is first becoming aware of how much caffeine you are actually consuming so coffee caffeine is present in coffee tea it's present in energy drinks like uh, what's that one's name red bull and there are many energy drinks like that i i remember having red bull uh but there are many such uh, energy drinks which would have caffeine in it uh your colas especially the pepsi uh, like pepsi or coke the brown ones um they have caffeine in it chocolate has caffeine in it cocoa has caffeine in it some medications like painkillers like just plain paracetamol would be clubbed with caffeine because it's a it's meant for migraines migraines um, caffeine works excellent uh for migraines because what happens in migraines is migraine is a type of a headache in which your blood vessels to your brain they are like dilated they have like become a bit loose so when you consume caffeine they become narrow and the headache reduces because the blood flow to that area reduces and you feel better so many of these migraine medications might have caffeine in it some of the weight loss pills might have caffeine in it because caffeine again is a stimulant so it sort of has this action where the appetite also is like suppressed so apart from this there are certain food items like ice creams energy bars like those baked goods which might also have caffeine in it and because caffeine is like coffee is flavored right it's a it's sort of a flavor some people to get that flavor might keep adding excess in it it might not look brown but then it has a lot of caffeine in it so that's that's the first step like are you consuming any of these like for me i i sometimes like most like if i'm planning my meals i'm having two cups of coffee that's it but if i'm not planning and i'm like struggling with my emotions and there is no planning whatsoever i'm just like at a very emotional level like i'm just getting stressed and like that sort of thing is happening i will see myself consume more tea not so much caffeine i don't have caffeine after uh, 12 or 11 12 or 1 or 2 pm i don't have after that but then tea will be still consumed because it has lesser caffeine that's what my brain tells me so that is first step where are you right now when it comes to caffeine consumption then the next one is like okay the goal of caffeine consumption should be below 200 mg over the day now 
I'm going to tell you about how much caffeine is there in most coffees or caffeine products and then you can calculate accordingly. So overall the number should be less than 200 milligrams over day. So which kind of coffee has the lowest caffeine? Ideally decaf would be the best because, because it has barely any coffee. They have removed the caffeine from the decaf coffee. But that whole process of removing caffeine from decaf involves a lot of chemical treatment and I had seen a video of like the chemical treatment that the coffee is going through and that lot I think it had some methyldehyde or met, some some M based chemical <laughs> which was being used excessively to remove that caffeine <clears throat> and um, like honestly speaking we don't know how much chemicals are used to even make instant coffee or some other coffee like they don't really put every chemical treatment in it right like they're just gonna like tell you what are the ingredients of that product in the box they're not gonna tell you like all the chemicals which were used to treat it to get it to that box um so again the key to this uh, the solution to this problem of this unknown chemical exposure is moderation if you're consuming chemicals in moderation you're still safe your liver can handle it so Let's talk about the amount of caffeine in these coffee-based caffeine-based products. And I got these numbers from Mayo Clinic. Is this overall numbers just some something that you can just take a pick? Like I, I remember I seeing one study once. Uh, it had such a beautiful depiction of how much caffeine in every sort of product. I couldn't find that, so I just found this best thing, which was like Mayo Clinic's uh, statistics. And it says instant coffee and even espresso would have around 60 milligrams of caffeine per cup. I was shocked. I, I always thought espresso would have more, but apparently instant coffee, instant coffee and espresso would have the same amount. And also some coffees, they would have um, it written on them, like same brand, like Davidoff would have like some seven, eight brands. And they do mention the intensity of it uh, so i would like stick to like if you are pcos like stick to the mildest one because even in pregnancy when i was pregnant i couldn't at that time i was not a life coach and as a doctor i knew i shouldn't be having coffee and um because it causes miscarriages it can cause growth restriction which i got by the way but still I was so sleepy throughout pregnancy and uh, I used to do night shifts to stay awake. I didn't know what else to do. So I used to have coffee. So I used to like have um, very little and diluted coffee just to keep me awake. Um, so instant coffee is 60 milligram, brewed is 90 milligram, black tea is 47 milligrams, slightly lesser. And depending on how long are you brewing it, like black tea, if you keep it for longer, it will become stronger. <laughs> green tea, I was shocked. I thought green tea doesn't have caffeine, but wow, green tea has 28 milligrams of caffeine. And I continue to have green tea in the evenings as well. Like sometimes till like 5, 6 p.m. I would have green tea. So that has caffeine too. So if you are someone who gets extremely triggered with coffee, like I had a client, she would start shivering if she consumes caffeine. Like she was so well connected with her autonomic nervous system. She would just like show me, look, I'm getting tremors because I had caffeine. Um, so yeah, green tea can also produce that. Cola is not that bad, 22 milligrams. Um, 
energy drinks is 70 milligram and energy shots i've never had them i've never seen them but apparently there's something called as energy shots which has 200 milligrams <laughs> so if you have one shot don't have any more caffeine for the day now remember caffeinated items with sugar will worsen your pcos because sugar by itself is a trigger to worsen insulin resistance and with caffeine that increased cortisol will both be like fuel to fire so if you are someone who's consuming coffee remember you can skip the added sugar and even sweetener avoid the sweetener as well anything which is sweet is going to produce an insulin response in your body and might worsen your insulin resistance instead develop this bitter taste it's an acquired uh, taste the bitterness and body does get addicted to that as well so if that's something which you haven't tried i would recommend try it also most of them most of coffee based products would make you pee more because it has a diuretic effect it makes you pee more so i would recommend to increase the water in whatever cup you are having your coffee in so put the water in more so that you prevent that dehydration now dehydration doesn't mean that you know your mouth is dry and you're not peeing at all sometimes dehydration like can happen after a hangover right like when you have had a lot to drink and your brain is a bit dehydrated and that causes irritability so if you don't want that if you see yourself dehydrated uh, like irritable a bit just have a glass of water and you might feel better and that might work um, at a somatic level as well however most of us have closely connected caffeine with feeling energized comfort and it is like a sense of routine the thought of reducing or giving it up can produce a lot of resistance now the way to move through that resistance the whole idea of like i'll do it tomorrow or no it's not that bad i don't have it bad the whole idea of moving through that is by building awareness of what that caffeine is doing for you so just get curious like about how much caffeine you're having first of all and how have you emotionally connected yourself with this caffeine like for me whenever i used to go to work especially in the mornings for a morning shift for a day shift oh my god i used to be so sleepy like and like sometimes i would see people like i finished my night shift and i'm coming going back home and the people who are coming to work from their sleep they have a coffee in their hand and they are very sleepy so yes we have used caffeine to wake us up so are there any other ways that you can wake yourself up think about that but just notice that what this caffeine is doing for you and then setting out an intention to reduce it that's if you're consuming too much of it because i know a lot of uh, my clients uh, would smoke and have black coffee turkish coffee <laughs> so smoking and caffeine ensures that they wake wake up but also they both are extremely addictive and at least the smoking bit is very harmful second of all they are they are trying to wake up because they are also consuming a lot of sugar so that sugar keeps you in that dull that drowsy feeling you're just not waking up and then having caffeine and smoke sort of wakes you up so again the problem is like why are you consuming so much sugar 
right and we are consuming so much sugar because there are a lot of feelings that we want to suppress we don't want to think about and we do that with sugar so set out an intention to reduce it if that's that needs to be reduced and then you might need to use a lot of love for yourself when you can't do that when you are not able to reduce it like you have set out an intention to reduce it but then you're not able to reduce it lots of love self compassion is the key component to breaking any habit and i can help you with that if you can't do it on your own so if that's you if 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 you are someone who wants to like full and finally decide to like get all clean in your body before you get pregnant or even if like like you have a, a newborn and you want to become clean to be an example for that kid or you have kids who have become very unhealthy because you collectively as a family are e- having a lot of unhealthy eating habits i can help you with it because what we eat is something that we do like on a regular basis and it's very very hardwired and unless you don't hire an outside person who comes in your brain and tries to like detach those two things and show you constantly that you can sit with your negative emotion you can reason with them without suppressing it with food because ultimately you are the one who's going to live in your body for the rest of your life so even if you're consuming all this toxic substances like caffeine or you're smoking or you're drinking or you're eating unhealthy foods it's making you feel good maybe in this moment moment to moment but in long run it will come to bite you <laughs> so that's my intention for you to help you out to break these bad habits and i can definitely i i definitely know no doctor is going to be able to help you with it they can only help you with treatments and some so many cases have no treatments it demands a lifestyle modification and lifestyle modification demands a mindset modification all right my friends so if you are someone who needs my support please reach out to the link in bio and set up a strategy call with me I will see you there. Hey, if you are ready to reverse your PCOS, I want to invite you to a discovery call with me to get started on your journey to reversing PCOS. Where you are going to lose the weight first, the hardest part, and then get to all your health goals by staying insulin sensitive for the rest of your life using my proven formula. Just head over to the link in bio to book your call. I'll see you there.